You're listening to your superpowered mind on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that investigates the innate power within your brain to create lasting change. Welcome, everyone. This is your superpowered mind, and I am your host, Kristen Maxwell. And in this show, we explore the process of transformation and give you tools and strategies that you can use to transform your own life. Today, we are going to be talking to James Purpura about shifting perceptions to tap into unrealized potential and change your life. And we were going to be talking to both James and his wife, Steph, but Steph is unfortunately sick today. But I have kind of a more um, involved biography than I usually give just because their story is so interesting and it's going to apply to both. And that is James and Steph met 15 years ago when their lives had hit rock bottom. They were both financially, emotionally, and spiritually bankrupt. And united by a shared vision of creating and becoming more, they started working on themselves. After 15 years of working on themselves and many ups and downs, Steph and James built and sold one of the world's largest construction software companies, had five children, and began to live extraordinary lives. Through this journey of self-creation, they developed a personal philosophy centered around perception, which they believe determines how someone's life will turn out. Together, they started Powerful You to provide a roadmap for people to master their perceptions and their emotions to become the conscious creators of their lives. They're also the authors and producers of the book and film, Perception, Seeing is Not Believing. So James, welcome to your superpowered mind. Well, I love my superpowered mind. Thanks for welcoming me to it. Yes, and I'm super curious to talk to you because the stuff you do is is right up. It's what I'm thinking about all the time too. So my first question is always, what superpower did you uncover as the result of mastering your mind? So for me, you know, one of the things you didn't mention in our bio is that, you know, just before Steph and I met about, you know, 18, 19, 20 years ago, I was sitting in a jail cell. And <clears throat> I had an epiphany when I was there. And I'd, I'd been a drug addict and been homeless and all these other things. And, you know, because I had a very victim mentality, at that point in my life, one day I was working on myself and I was writing this long list of people I felt like had harmed me and I was trying to offer those people forgiveness. And I looked down at this list and I had this epiphany and the epiphany was the only common denominator between all of these, these people and these situations is me. What if I somehow created all of these situations? And so I really thought about what those two things thought uh, meant. And I'd never really considered the fact that I was creating my experiences. And I thought, well, I couldn't have created some of them and not all of them. So I either created all of them or none of them. And what it meant was, is if I was in fact the creator of my experience, because I was sitting in jail, I had a lot to own and take responsibility for, but it also meant I could create something different in its place. The other thing that I just thought about was if I wasn't, then the world meant the world really was a terrible place. And I probably didn't play want to play anymore because I had a pretty rough life to that point. And so it was on that day 
that I took my power back. And I didn't know I was taking my power back, but it was that day I took ownership of my life. And I decided that I was the creator of my experiences, even if I didn't know what that meant back then. And I was going to figure out which principles dictated how I create my experience. And I landed on the two principles of perception and emotion. And it took me about nine years from that point in that jail cell to get to my first million dollars. That's, that is a huge perception shift to come to and to realize about yourself. What, when you got to this point of, okay, I am being a victim and I can choose not to be a victim. How did you go about then changing your beliefs? What what happened then? So I had to consider what that meant, right? And so I had to really consider the idea of what is the creative element in my life? Because what most people, you know, don't understand is, is that it's true. Life is not fair. You know, everybody listening to my voice right now has every reason in the world. There's enough hate and distress and pain and sorrow in the world. that If you focused on that, you'd have every reason you needed never to get out of bed. Right? But you also have every reason to enjoy and experience a wonderful life because there's enough love and, and beauty and, and treasures and miracles in the world as well. But, and the question is, is what are you focused on? And so I had to decide what were the creative element in my life was. And so I had a really abusive situation when I was young. And so I had to ask the question, did the abuse define me? Because when I, took, when I said I take responsibility for everything, that's everything I had control over, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I asked myself if the question, if, if abuse defined me, what I came, the answer I came to, well, it couldn't have, because not everybody that has been abused in their life has allowed it to destroy them. So it wasn't the abuse that defined me, thank goodness, because if it did, then I couldn't change because I can't go back and change the abuse. It's a part of my past. So what defined me? What created my life? And it was what I chose to believe about myself and the world around me because of, an, of experiencing that abuse, right? That's what defined my life. That's what put me in jail was my beliefs around that situation. And so, you know, I don't need to own my abuser's experience because that had nothing to do with me. That was what they, that was based on their experiences and their beliefs. But I did have a choice in that moment, even though I was very young, to believe something different, but I didn't. And that's what created my experience. Right. And so, for example, just very kind of specifically, and I have no idea if this is what you brought, so thought, so correct me, is perhaps one of the things you thought while being abused was, well, the world is unfair, so I am going to go out and um, cheat people because it's not fair anyway. Is, is so, that- no, that's actually, you know, that's an element of it, but that's disconnected, and that goes into a different topic. So let me – so here's the situation that I incurred, and it's in the book and it's in the movie, but I was in my kindergarten class, and, you know, I was so excited to go to school because my brother was there. And 
I couldn't wait, but it got, when I got there, it became very apparent that I had some pretty severe learning disabilities. And on the first day that I was, was to go into the special ed class, you know, that's what they called it back then. My teacher called me up in front of the room and she said, Jimmy, you do know that only stupid and retarded kids go to special ed. Mm. I was paralyzed in that moment. And I remember just standing there like, what just happened? And she told me to leave the classroom. And as, as I was walking out, she made the entire class call me stupid on the way out the door and make fun of me. Wow. So, I, you know, of course, I ran home that night and I told my mom what happened. And, and my mom was an un, undiagnosed manic depression bipolar disorder. Mm. My stepdad worked 15 hours a day. So he couldn't deal with it. And my biological father was off doing drugs. So I had no defense in that moment. My mom just said, the world's a, a, a crappy place. You're just going to have to get used to it. So, of course, the next day I go into class thinking, I'm sure this was just a one-time thing. And it was every single day she would call me up in front of the room. And she would tell me that I was stupid. And then she would make the whole class tell me I was stupid on the way out the door. And so the belief that I fostered was that I was not smart enough, that I was not smart, that I was not good enough, that, you know, there was something wrong with me. That was the belief that I chose, which is a really important distinction. And yes, I made the most logical choice based on the situation, but that's all we ever do. But it was still my choice. And that belief is what created my life. What created what justified the decision, what justifies people's decision to do harm is something totally different, but it's based on a similar experience. Right. Yes. Thank you for that, that clarification. I am really curious to go um, more deeply into how you see perception, you know, as shaping and emotions as shaping how people show up. But before we go to a break, can you tell people where they can learn about you and your work? So yeah, my wife and I, after we sold our techno technology company, started a company called Powerful You. Powerful, our website is powerful-letteru.com, right? And essentially what we did when we sold our technology company was we wanted to recreate the personal development space to be less egocentric and more group-based, and we want to make it affordable for all. And so we have a book, we have a movie, we have assessments, we have coaching, we have all these different things to help seekers move their life forward. Great. Thank you. So PowerfulU.com. We'll be back in a moment. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts, and we want to thank each of you for making Superpower Up the number one podcast network for personal development and spiritual growth. Because people like you have the courage to say that mindfulness, healthy living, disrupting reality, the pursuit of consciousness, responsible entrepreneurship, and radical parenting matter. We now amass over 1 million downloads monthly in more than 90 countries. Our numbers keep growing because there are far more people willing to live divergently than mass media wants to acknowledge. For you, the change makers, the light bearers, the way showers, we say thank you. If you're ready to take the next step in your evolution, go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz. And as Neva Lee Rekla, our youngest podcaster, likes to remind us, 
Remember, we all have superpowers and we can change the world. Welcome back, everyone. So you focused in on recognizing that you could change what you wanted to believe about the world and about yourself. And that it sounds like you were going to find different evidence, right? Rather than the world was scary, that the world, that you were smart, that you were capable, and you were going to go out and create that. And how would you, how would you correct what I just said? Or how would you explain that? Yeah, I wouldn't correct it. So I would just say that was a piece of the journey, not the beginning, right? Yes. So at the beginning of the journey, so shortly after getting out of jail, I meet my beautiful wife and, you know, we get together and she believes that I'm on a different path and she takes a chance on a complete, I mean, you know, she shouldn't have, let's just say that, but she believed me. And so we decided we were going to rebuild our lives together and we were going to figure out what that element was. And so night after night after night, we would sit on our bed and we would talk about issues, right? And we talk about perceptions and ideas. And back then, we didn't even call them perceptions, right? And we would, we would implement like things like affirmations. And, and, and so, you know, we were just trying to figure out how to change. And so what, here's what I will tell everybody listening is our book is called Perception, Seeing is Not Believing. Our movie is called The Same Thing. And in that book and movie, you are going to get 17 years of information condensed down to 200 pages. And we're going to take you into what it literally look, took us 13 or 14 years to discover. Because we didn't land on perception. We started with hey, well, I hate myself, so maybe I should start by trying to love myself. And so, you know, I would sit there and I'd do an affirmation and I'd say, I love myself. And I'd hear this little voice in the back of my head that said, liar, right? (laughs) And so (laughs) eventually it felt like less of a lie, right? And so, you know, you know, if you think about it, like we did, we made all of the mistakes so, so we could hone in on the processes that, that can very quickly shape and change somebody's life. And so that's the benefit of reading the book. It's like, it's literally, here's what you need to know. Perception dictates everything that you see, everything that you are, everything that you experience, and emotions give your life the only meaning they have. That's it. Your life is made up of two elements, perception and emotions. There's really nothing else, right? And so, it's really kind of a crime that we don't understand as a society or as a, as a species, the vast majority of us don't have a deep understanding of the two things that dictate how our lives are going to turn out. And so it took us 17 years to get there, but now we can explain these concepts in a way that are very, very, very quick to understand. But for us, it was like blood, sweat, and tears every day trying to figure out Well, you know, because my wife and I both had abandonment issues and, you know, we both had, you know, our dads abandoned us and different things. It's like, you know, we're talking about issues, but it felt like we were in a hall of mirrors because we were just reflecting our stuff back to each other and be like, is this your issue or my issue or both issue? (laughs) Right. And so this was rough going for a very long time. Yes. And one of the things that I 
that is very um, inspiring about your story and which, you know, also comes up is how did you keep going? What was it that you believed or perceived or felt that allowed you to keep going even in the midst of the confusion and not knowing what you're doing or whether it was going to work? Well, really, it was each other. Because the only thing I ever really wanted in my life was somebody to love me, right? And the only thing she ever really wanted in her life was somebody to love her. And, you know, um, so we had, I had a child going in and we had a child very quickly when we got together and now we have kids and, and, and so we had them to keep us going, but I'm a, I'm an eternal optimist. Like I never quit. Right. And, and we both knew that we could not sustain another fight with the darkness. And so we were just like, we got to keep going for ourselves, for each other. And the other thing that kept us going is that we were actually seeing progress, right? If you make enough mistakes, eventually, you know, it's, you, you're, you start sniffing the path of, well, wait a second, maybe we've made 100 mistakes, but this is working and it's producing something good in our lives. And so we focus on that and then we refine it and refine it and refine it. We make some more mistakes and we refine those. And, you know, you know, over a period of time, all of a sudden things started to shift in our outside world. Yes. Right. So you were changing what was going on inside as you were looking and eventually it started to change. And one of the things that I'm noticing about what you're saying, which really was new to me when I first got into all this, is that you can change what you believe. You can choose what to believe. If you have a belief that doesn't support you, and I thought, that's crazy. You just believe what you believe. I am who I am. I am who I am. But no, you can decide this is a more supportive belief. And the thing that I thought was so funny about it, and one of the things I love is you then tell yourself, okay, I am now going to go find evidence in this world to support this new belief. Right. And the evidence is everywhere. It is. The the opposite evidence is also there too. Right. when you, when you are given a very specific task of, I have to find five things today that support this belief, your brain starts to go, oh, it is there. So, so here's one of the things that we dictate in the book and the movie is which beliefs are the best ones to address and change. So here's what, where most people fall down is they don't, you know, there's the old saying, you don't know what you don't know. Well, you also don't know what you do know. Because it's in your subconscious mind. And so most people fail to be able to be honest with themselves about what they believe. But there is no mystery in this. Because, you know, what do you believe about your life? And what do you believe about the world around you? The evidence is everywhere. I can have a quick discussion with you about your finances, and I can tell you what you believe in finance, about your finances. Uh, I can have a quick discussion with you about your relationships or your job or your health and fitness. And I can tell you what you believe about all of those things. Yeah. Because I just have to ask you about the current state. Because here's one, one of the underlying understandings around perception 
is that what you feel and believe on the outside is what you, I mean, on the inside is what you re, is what you experience on the outside. Because basically life is your beliefs being projected on the screen of the world. And that's what, what you're interacting with. Because what most people don't understand is the underlying principle behind perception is that you don't see reality. You only see what you believed reality to be from moment to moment, which is in fact that your entire life is based off an, an assumption of what you think reality is. And that's the, just the way your mind works. That's the science behind it. You have zero access to reality. None. You only have what you think reality is. Where, where do you get that interpretation? based on your past experiences, which in fact are categorized as beliefs. So your beliefs are being projected out and that's what you're interacting with. And so if you want to change what you see on the outside, you have to change what you believe on the inside. And that's how you change your life. The vast majority of people are running around when they start to change their lives and they're, they're running around trying to change at the level of effect, which is the outside circumstances. But that would literally like be sitting in a movie theater and thinking, this movie sucks, I'm going to change it and run up to the screen and start slapping it, <laughs> right? You yeah. have to go back to the film, right? Which is your beliefs. And so... I'm going to see if you have any questions about that, but we got a really simple narrative to make people understand this. And I'm happy to explain that to you. Yeah. Why don't you go through that? Because I think um, that is always helpful. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. Can you have the thing you want most in the world sitting right in front of your face and just not see it? Yes. Okay. I, I have learned that that is true. Yes. Okay. And I think everybody kind of agrees that's true, but they, they just don't think that's happening all that often. But I'm going to tell you a really simple story to demonstrate. Not only does it happen often, it happens all the time. So I want you guys to imagine a man, and this man has abysmal self-esteem. But his main goal in life is that he wants to be in a relationship. He wants to be loved, but that self-esteem is just it's, it's hammering him. One day, this guy walks into a store he walks up to the counter and the girl behind the counter starts flirting with him. My question for you is, does he recognize this girl is flirting with him? Um, probably not. Or if he does, he recognizes it for five minutes and then his brain goes back to, nah, she wasn't. So your first answer was exactly the answer I get 99.9% .9 of the time. Probably not. Mm -hmm. My question is, is why? Right? And so the answer is, well, because you said he had low self-esteem. Why would some, a belief on the inside dictate what he's seeing on the outside? Right? Because reality is, the reality that he does not have access to is the girl is there and she is, in fact, flirting with him. The reason he doesn't have access to that reality is because he can't see it because of a belief he has of low self-esteem. Well, why can't he see it? So our book is called Perception Seeing is Not Believing. And the reason it's called that is because we've been told our, we hear this narrative all the time, I'll believe it when I see it. 
No, that's not the way it works. Actually, it's the other way around. You'll see it when you believe it. And so here's how your perception works. Your perception, like your eyesight, works in a limited field. You can only see what you believe to be possible. And the more you believe it, the more likely you are to see it. The less you believe it, the less likely you are to see it. And so essentially, the reason this guy can't see it is because he doesn't believe it's possible. But the mechanics behind that are really, really simple. It's not all that complicated. It's very simple capacity. Your mind takes in millions of bits of information a second. You know, it you know, so it's always looking at all the available information and it's making an assumption on that information of what's happening based on what you currently believe and or what's important to keep you safe. And so essentially, the reason he doesn't see it is because your mind does not give attention to those things that you don't believe are possible. Just like you wouldn't go to the end of a rainbow, look for a pot of gold because you don't believe it's there. It's just a matter of capacity. Why would your mind be looking for things that you don't believe are actually possible? It wouldn't, right? And so that's why perception is seeing is not believing is because you don't, you don't see and then believe it's that you believe and you see. And that's actually how we create our lives. Yeah, and the, the principles we stumbled on is that what you believe on the inside reflects on the outside. So if yeah. you want to see something different on the outside, you have to shape and change or on the outside, you have to shape and change what you feel on the inside. Yeah. And that shapes and changes everything. But here's the narrative that's really important for your listeners to understand is, you know, people think, oh, that's a cute story. It happens every once in a while. No, it happens every day. Mm -hmm. This is literally your experience. You know, there's all this buzz around the, like, the law of attraction. And it's funny because law of attraction is not what people think it is. It's not this magical force that goes in and draws experiences into your awareness. What happens is the power of intention, when you, once you set your power of intention, it brings the available information into your awareness. I'll give you an example of this. And I, I want everybody to think of the car that they drive either when they decided they were going to get that car or if they went to the dealership and bought that car, you know, before that point, they never really noticed how many of those cars existed. But the second you decide you're going to buy that car and or you go to the dealership and buy it, all of a sudden that car's everywhere, right? And you're like, why is this car everywhere? I didn't even notice this before. And it's because that's the way your mind works. It's now giving attention to something that was always there that you couldn't see. And so creation works the same way. The reason we get a vision board and we put the, the stuff on it and look at it every day is not to drag something into our awareness. It's to foster belief so that we will be able to see what's already there. And an easy example of this is how many people do you know that are in a relationship with somebody that they worked with for years? They had both had a crush on one another, right? And then they finally discovered it and they've been married forever. And it's like, that was always there. The girls in the flirting, right? They, but that opportunity could be anything. It could be a guy going into his boss's office and not seeing an opportunity that was offered to him, right? It could be anything. Right. So we yeah. live in a world of infinite possibilities around you at any given time is possibilities to create or do anything. But you can only see those possibilities if you believe it in yourself, if you believe that they're there, that you believe that it's possible. Yes, it, it, it is so true. And just even working with 
clients on any issue, even an example like health. If you see yourself as being able to create your health, you will then make, you will see that there's healthy food and you will choose to eat it. You will see that there are opportunities to move around instead of sitting. And it's just a very, you create almost a different identity of how you're going to show up. So I think there's a really interesting narrative around what you just said. Um, And it's this idea of how do we change, right? Mm -hmm. So what most people think is that change is about habits. Habits are a part of change, but they're not actually how you change. And let me tell you why. It's, you know, like when you're working with a client and let's say that they want to lose weight, right? The client comes in and, and they say to you, hey, how do I lose weight? And you're like, well, you know, you're getting, you're overweight because you eat too much and you ex- you don't exercise. What do I need to do to lose weight? Well, you need to eat less and you need to exercise. Well, that makes perfect sense, right? And so what do they do? They start moving towards changing by eating less and, and exercising, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say that they actually accomplish their goal, right? So now here's where the percentages of change are. 90% of people who try to change fail. And that's any kind of change. With diet, it's 94, right? And the question is why? Well, because it's hard, right? And so they move towards change. So 10% of those people, let's say, that tried to lose weight got there. They got their goal. But that's actually not the most disturbing narrative around change. This is. Of the 10% that did accomplish that change, 70% of those We'll give it all back within the first year. You know, and weight loss is a perfect example of this. Crazy, yeah. And the question is why? And here's the answer. Change can only happen at the level of belief. Mm -hmm. So for the 3% of overall people that managed to lose the weight and keep it off, what, what happened was is that inadvertently through the process of changing their habits, the belief changed at the same time. And so they go in blindly believing if they change their habits and the belief is going to change or they don't even know that the belief is driving the behavior. So the wrong, the narrative was if you don't change the belief that is driving the habit, as soon as you take your conscious attention off of that narrative or that thing, it's like, okay, well, I lost the weight. Let me take this all this extra time and effort that I have, and I'll put it towards making money. Well, as soon as you take your conscious attention off of that thing, the belief comes in and resets the habit, and you go right back to where you are. And I gained, I've, I've lost 35 pounds like seven times, so I was obsessed by this idea of why everybody gives it back. Because change is not about shifting a habit. It was only ever about shifting the belief. Because if you shift the belief that drives the behavior, then the behavior becomes very easy to quit. But if you white knuckle it, you have a ninety you have a ninety seven percent chance of failure. Right. Yeah. And and sort of riffing on what you're saying, the way I look at it is in changing the belief, a part of that is changing the identity of who you see you are, your belief about who you are. So Yeah, I mean, depending on the situations, your belief about who you are, it's the belief about the outside world. I mean, 
You said something that most people don't realize. Right. Like I am becoming the kind of person who chooses to eat vegetables. There it is. Success was only ever about becoming. It was never about doing. And that's everything that's wrong with the personal development space. You need to work harder. You need to want it more. You need to understand why. Those are all doings. Mm-hmm. Right? Who do I want to become? Yes. And what is that? How does that person think? What does that person believe? How do they act? What do they do? Right? Because that's what success in any area is about. It's about becoming. You said something that's else is really interesting. I want to give your 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 listeners one takeaway. Because people ask me this question all the time. How do I change? Well, the problem is, is that most people aren't able to be honest with themselves enough at the beginning to really understand what their current belief structure is, but there is no magic to it, right? Look, you can map out your belief, what you believe in every area. You know, look at your, your diet and exercise plan. You know, what was your weight one year ago? If, you know, one year from now, if things don't change, where are you going to be? You know, relationships, same thing, better or worse, you know, money, same thing, better or worse. Be honest with yourself about the current path because you're on a path to somewhere. And if you're honest with yourself, you can understand where you're going to end up, right? Number one. Number two is you said, and you said something extremely important. You said, no matter what you believe, there's evidence to support that belief. And that is one of the massive truths of our own perception. And I'm going to dictate that in the most simple way possible. And the question is, is this idea between positivity and negativity, right? And so I'm sure you know a few pessimists, right? But pessimists never say they're pessimists. What do they say? They say, I'm a realist. Right. I like to deal with facts. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, now here's what the pessimist or realist fails to understand, is their pessimistic view of the world is no more or less real than my optimistic view of the world. It's not based in reality. And so is there a cost associated with pessimism? And the answer is there is a cost, and it's, it's a big cost. And so if you want to start by changing something, I'm going to challenge everybody listening today to become more positive. And it will change your life in a way that you can't even imagine. Challenge yourself in every situation to find the most positive aspects of that situation. And that's what I do is, you know, that's one of those superpowers is, is that it doesn't matter what it is. I'm looking for the positive because a negative person could find the negativity in a situation that's 99% positive. They can focus on the 1% negative. A positive person can focus in a situation that's 99% negative and find the 1% positive. But what's the advantage? Here's the advantage. Is, is that the way perception works is your perception works in a field like your eyesight. I've already explained that. So I, what I want you to understand is that positivity opens up that field. Negativity shuts down that field. When you choose to look at the most negative aspects of a situation, you literally close the field of possibilities down to the smallest possible pipe of opportunity making the most negative part of that situation the most likely scenario to play out. And so the good news is you get to be right. The bad news is that your life is going to suck. 
because you have to be able to keep that field open. And so early on, Steph and I adopted a belief. And here's the belief. Everything happens in our best interest. And the question is, is it true? And the answer is probably not. Not everything happens in our best interest. But what does the benefit of adopting that belief? And here's the benefit is that every time something bad would happen, I would look at her and say, everything happens in our best interest. You'd say, everything happens in our best interest. And we would keep our field of possibilities open. And so we would look for an opportunity that would come out of the negativity or the bad situation. And inevitably, something would come along and be like, here it is. Here's an opportunity. See, everything happens in our best interest. The question is, are those two things connected? And the answer is, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't about whether or not it happened in our best interest, it was about we kept our field of possibilities open by staying in positivity, and we were able to see that opportunity that we would have never seen if we allowed ourselves to go down, go completely negative and close our field. Yes. Yes. That's exactly, it's a great way to explain that because it's there, the possibility is there. And I you know, for a long time. And what I'm always saying to clients is, you know, this phrase of, okay, so something's happening. Maybe this is not what you would have picked. You know, this is not what you would have picked. This is not what I would have picked, but it's happening. Okay. So who do I want to be in this moment? And who, what do I want to do in response to this? And it's sort of, what you're saying is that when you can go there with that openness of, okay, things are still going to be good. You are going to be able to see possibilities that you could not otherwise have noticed. So it's, it's, and that's the stimuli. That's how you change is that when, look, bad things happen to good people, hard things happen to all of us. The only choice we have is what are we going to take away or respond from that? And that's the creative element of our lives, right? In that kindergarten situation, I chose to believe I was dumb. And that choice created a really terrible experience for me for a long time. But today I chose choose to believe I'm smart and that's totally different. So when bad things happen, I'm not saying deny what's going on, feel it, integrate it, allow it to be what it is. And then, then decide, don't let the situation decide, then decide what is my takeaway? Is there something to learn here? Is there a piece of positivity that I can hang my hat on, right? And so the other side of it is, is that don't, you know, I'm not encouraging people to be delusional because one of the things you have to understand is, is that you are the creator of your experiences and, and those experiences have something to teach you. Learn the lesson and move on in positivity and love, don't beat yourself up. You know, there's this interesting narrative that we run, Kristen, about um, you've, never made, you've never made a bad decision. Matter of fact, you're not even capable of making a bad decision. And when I tell people that narrative, they're like, what are you talking about? I feel like I made a lot of bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's really important to understand that you haven't unless you're, you're not even capable of it, unless you're a sociopath or mentally ill, because we all make decisions the same way. We take all the available information and we make the best decision we can based on that information, the decision we think it's in our best interest. Now, oftentimes 
it doesn't work out that way. But a bad decision would say, I'm going to make a decision that's against my best interest, that I believe is against my best interest. So we all make decisions the same way. So you've never made a bad decision. You've only ever made decisions on bad information. Now, why is that narrative important? And this is where I'm going to wrap up with, with your listeners around. The reason that, that narrative is important is because there's nothing wrong with you. Right? You're making decisions the same way I'm making decisions. If I'm getting better results, it's not because of my ability to make good decisions. It's about the information. Mm. Life is not about there being something wrong with you. You just don't have the right information. Where do you, where do you get your information? You get your information from your perception and your beliefs. So you have to upgrade your information. But yeah. it was never about you. So stop beating yourself up. It was about the information. So what I would say to the people listening to me is I know there are people right now listening to me that are, that are in massive amounts of pain, that are suffering. There might even be a few people that are considering committing suicide right now. And here's what I want to tell you is please don't. There is hope, right? You do not. What you see is based on your past. It's an image. I see you. I know what you've been through. I've experienced your pain. I know what it's taken for you to get to this point. Please don't let that go to waste because there is hope. Because the things we're discussing today is, is that your current, current interpretation of your situation is limited by your current interpretations. But you can take a step back and you can Choose to see it differently. And in that choice, you will set yourself free. You are good enough. You are loved. There are people that are surround you that love you. You are not alone in this battle, in this fight. People understand you. My wife had a brutal suicide attempt, right? I was on drugs and homeless. Mm -hmm. And we got back from there to create a life a beautiful family and a magical marriage and millions of dollars. And I promise you, you know, I only have a fifth grade education. There's nothing that I have that you don't have. I am not different than you. Mm -hmm. The only thing I have that you don't have is a new set of information. And so please come work with us. And, you know, this podcast and the people behind it, like, work with all of us because we need you. We need the unique. We need your vision. We need your understanding because only you have lived your life path. Only you understand what you know. And it's super valuable. So please, if you're listening to my voice, your life can be magical. It can be fantastic. And there is no place the only failing in life is failing to get back up when you fall. Yes. Yes, thank you. That is so beautiful and such a wonderful uh, heartfelt reminder. That's what because why I wanted people to know a little bit more of your backstory because there's a way in which it seems like, well, look at where you are. You don't understand what I've been through or what I'm going through. And you do. I do. I see you. Yeah. So thank you. It's very, very um, meaningful from that perspective. Well, thank you for having me on today. I, I really like the idea of a superpower. 
And so I'm going to give you my, my real, when people ask me what my superpower is, yeah, is my superpower has always been showing love in the face of hate. Wow. Wow. That is beautiful. I love that. So thank you for sharing your story, your wisdom with us, all of you listening. Thank you for being here, for having the hope of knowing that you can go out and you do hold the power to change and transform your world. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today. 